0: Hi, I'm Dr. Mike Van Thielen. I am a world record holder in swimming. I am an expert biohacker. I'm a coach, mentor, PhD in holistic nutrition. I authored eight books. My latest book, The Isot Method, Unleash Your Superpower, Get you in the zone on demand, available on Amazon. And you are listening to the Pro Sports Podcasters. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters,
1: where no sport is left behind.
2: It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters with your hosts, Nee Wallace-Bruce, Corbert Durand, and Justin Williams.
0: On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We are
2: something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered.
1: Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. Are you ready to stay
2: fit this winter?
1: Get off the couch with Kettlebell Kickboxing Canada. Sign up now to their mobility and movement program. Use the code PSP15 to get 15% off the
0: one-time purchase of the program. Then it's yours forever. No additional subscriptions or fees. program is available worldwide. Now, back to the
2: show hey and welcome back to another episode of the pro sports podcasters i'm one half your host justin williams and you know i'm never alone i got my brother from another mother the one that makes my voice sound so good and who covers all of our articles about nfts on our website which is prosportspodcasters.com subscribe for our monthly newsletter ladies and gentlemen please welcome someone i consider a good friend mr colbert duran
1: kobe how you doing i'm good buddy i'm good speaking of articles on the website Check it out because the most recent article is the top fighters on the planet today. If you want to get in a debate with me, here's a reason to do so. But trust me, I know what I'm talking about.
2: (laughs) I saw on our YouTube channel, actually, which again, if you haven't been there, please subscribe. Somebody commented talking about, I think they were arguing one of your points about the UFC and something. I didn't really check it. I saw it just before I jumped into this podcast, but I'll have to go back and see how accurate they are. I don't know if you have saw it some people just aren't educated Ah, well this is why they come to us so we can help them but speaking of education kobe today we have a guest on our show as we usually do but this guest is an author of more books than you and i have read combined together he's an author of eight books uh he was on the cover of biohackers magazine and apparently allegedly this man has done a ted talk i think it's the first time we've ever had anybody who's had a ted talk on our show ladies and gentlemen without any further ado please welcome the one and the only mike van teelen mike how you doing
0: i'm doing great guys how are you today
2: living the dream mike author of eight books Uh, i mean do you want to start with the most recent one you want to start with the first one you tell
0: us where you want to go with this Oh, well, of course, the most recent one, the other seven are all health related. This latest one uh, goes a little bit beyond that. It's about unleashing your superpower, getting in the zone on demand, because most people think that getting in the zone is just for athletes, but no, it's a skill that we can all master so that so that we increase productivity and be the best that uh, we can be. And so that's the latest book. It talks about many biohacking principles which is about upgrading the body, the mind, and life. So in order for us to be the best we can be, you know, we need to learn about biohacking these days as an athlete, as an entrepreneur, or just as anybody who wants to perform at their highest potential.
2: I need some of this for when I do my show December 2nd at Paradise Theatre. It's gonna be a 10-camper taping. Ladies in Toronto, men in Toronto, please come down to Paradise Theatre. But moving forward, sir, so how does, it, without giving too much away for the novel and the book, can you please give us a little snippet how somebody touches into the superpower?
0: Uh, well, yes, of course. I mean, most people don't even know what their superpower is. Uh, a fair amount of us know what it is, but we're barely tapping into it. And so I help people unleash their superpowers, right? So, you know, with this, with this sequence, the way we do that is, First, we got to really find our purpose in life, uh, something that we're passionate about that gives fire in our stomach. And unfortunately, many of us are not living that life. When we're born, obviously, we're pushed in a certain direction by society, right? We got to go to school. We got to go to college. We got to work for somebody till we're 65. And then hopefully the golden years come and usually they don't or our parents and teachers push us in a certain direction. If dad's a lawyer, he probably wants to go to law school. If mom's a doctor, they probably want you to go to med school. So many of us are living alive and it doesn't mean we are not content or we're not making the money or paying our bills but we don't find that fulfillment right so many times with my mentees i have to stop them in their tracks and we really have to figure out what is it that you are passionate about what's your purpose and many times we gotta get out of the comfort zone to discover ourselves and find that purpose Uh, but once we find that purpose which is step number one or we confirm your purpose in life, step number one, we need to really take control of our life. Uh, Obviously, in business, we always say you need a plan, but in your life, you need a plan too. You know, we need to fulfill those dreams and those goals. And most people don't go after their dreams, right? Because we're caught up with the daily things that we do and putting out fires. And so we need to change that around because we all know life, life goes by pretty quickly. And so we need a plan, we need to fulfill that dream, and many times you know, some of you probably heard if your dream is not scary, it's not big enough, and that's true, but if it's scary, then most of us are overwhelmed and we're thinking i can't I can't achieve that dream anyways and so therefore we need a plan meaning if if this dream that we want to accomplish is seven years from now, oh let's break it down year per year, month per month, week per week, and and let's Let's break it down so each day we can make a very small incremental step that we can easily attain and find fulfillment in to eventually reach our goals and our dreams. And part of that plan is obviously also surrounding ourselves with the right people that we need to accomplish that dream. So number one, purpose. Number two, a plan, a strategy, a team. And then number three, we need to continue to upgrade. And that's what biohacking is. There's many definitions of biohacking. But mine is upgrading the body, the mind and life uh, from a health point of view, it's objectively reversing your biological age, which as an athlete would be a great advantage, right? If we can make our body younger than it actually is, uh, how could we easily outperform the the others and take that unfair advantage? So that's that's a way to get into the zone. But, um, but in the zone, obviously, is a mindset. And uh, I think... You know, people in general, entrepreneurs, but also athletes, they don't spend enough time to work on that mindset to create a power routine that they can count on to get in the zone on demand, which in my opinion is the difference between an NFL player and an MVP, an NBA player and MVP, a sub top golfer and a top golfer between a millionaire and a billionaire between somebody that falls short of reaching their dreams or somebody realizing their dreams that's the difference it's the mindset the things between our two ears
2: reminds me of something my dad used to tell me which was uh plan the work and work the plan
1: mm-hmm. yeah mike you had mentioned that you say societal pressures prevent a lot of people from sort of finding their path correct
0: correct yes
1: would you say that social media amplifies that
0: well social media obviously for most people is a great distraction just like the cell phone and and all the conveniences of the technology that we have but you know with these conveniences comes you know also detrimental effects on our health from the electromagnetic frequencies and radiations but also on our goals and dreams because we're distracted Uh, you know I just heard that the average person only can focus for six seconds today so we already lost most of your listeners <laughs> right <laughs> so so social media if you are in control of your life if you script your life if you know what you're doing if you have a plan if you have your steps and everything's clear for you then social media can be a great advantage or a phone right because we can get the information we need we can use the tools or marketing tools such as social media we need to to effectively accomplish those goals and dreams. But most of us, you know, we don't have any control of our life. We don't have a clear path to where we want to go. And so these are just all distractions that put us in a dopamine overload, which means, you know, we got these brain fogs where we can't focus, where there's no productivity. We procrastinate, we're fidgeting, we can't get things done. And so social media is a great contributor to that brain fog and to that dopamine overload.
1: Now there's a lot of especially now nowadays with people self-publishing and such you get a lot of situations where you'll have individuals write books because they themselves can't do it but know how but you don't just talk the talk you walk the walk you you have a world record don't you
0: Yes I was always a, com- a very competitive uh, as a young kid uh, I competed in swimming uh, till I was about age 24 had many national records and titles uh, in Belgium in 1996 at age 1997. At age 26, I saved $400, dollars, packed my backpack and came live the American dream. And then I had a long time till I was 46, so a 20, 22 year break. And then uh, in 2016, I decided, you know what, I'm going to compete again. And the great thing about that was, is like all oh my competitors they train every day uh, if not two hours in the water and some gym time and I decided you know what Um, I don't love swimming that much (laughs) so I worked out three times 75 minutes per week and once or twice 40 minutes in the gym the reason I was able to win and swim records is because I did biohacking I I paid attention to my body and my mind and so I swam the world record at age 48. I'm 52 now. But biohacking means, again, increasing your lifespan, objectively reversing your biological age. So I believe that, yes, I was 48 chronologically, but my body maybe was less than 40. So what I did is anything I could... Uh, improve my diet, obviously, Uh, you know, did hyperbaric uh, chamber, hydrogen inhalation, hydrogen water, uh, high quality supplements, working on mindset with breath work, visualization, you know, all those types of things that the average athlete doesn't even pay attention to. And that's how I felt I got the edge uh, over the others.
1: Now, I tore my Achilles last March. Mm hmm. And I've been going through the recovery process, trying to get myself back to 100%. You are a stem cell truther, correct?
0: Yes, correct. And uh, as soon as you said Achilles, I was thinking stem cells, my friend. (laughs) I was the CEO of a stem cell clinic from 2015 till COVID started, and then we had to close the doors. But we treated many uh, NFL players, heavyweight champion, boxers, uh, great uh, sports alumni, including also you Achilles tendon. Mitchell, what was his name? Anyways, if you look it up, I go blank on his name right now. But he had the, the bronze medal in 2013 at the uh, World Championship Strike Championship and Field. Usain Bolt won the gold and our American won the uh, the bronze medal. And so he was sidelined, uh, 2016 17. He was preparing for the 2020 Olympic Games in Tokyo, but he was sidelined, couldn't work out, uh, plantar fasciitis, Achilles tendonitis. So we treated him only with one treatment, actually one, one set of injections and then three shockwave treatments. And, um, he was training full out again, never had any problem again. So, you know, yes, we, uh, we were able to uh, treat many athletes successfully with stem cells.
1: Okay. Okay, so you're you're a proponent of modern science for sure.
0: Well, yeah, well modern science depends, right? I'm I'm um <laughs> we got to be very careful with science these days because most of the time science is propaganda and it's abused and misused. But true science, yes. But yeah, when we're talking about uh, anti-aging biohacking, what we're doing is we're using the most innovative principles and strategies uh you know to be on the edge whether you're an entrepreneur or a musician or whether you're in sports we want to get that advantage over everybody else right and that's why uh today it's called biohacking you gotta explore everything that's out there but stem cells especially in sports is great because the surgery will you know keep you out of the game for the rest of the season or the year and there's a long recovery time right Mm -hmm. and then there's all the scarring tissue etc when we talk about stem cells we talk about almost no downtime maybe 10 days no side effects and something that not only repairs the damaged tissue But renews and re engineers it. And that's what most people don't understand about stem cells. It's not just a fix. It's, I mean, you could even say, because some people told me, oh, that's kind of cheating. Well, it's not on the doping list and you can't really, you know, measure it in the blood or anything like that. But what you're doing is you're not just repairing that tissue. In your case, your Achilles tendon, it renews it. So if I just make this up, if you're 30 years old and you, you know, injure your Achilles tendon and we do stem cells, we not only repair it, it becomes a 20-year-old Achilles tendon. It's going to be much stronger and much more resilient than the Achilles tendon you had before you injured it. Would you say it's a therapy that's being used on
1: healthy athletes?
0: Uh, you could use it on healthy athletes preventatively for sure, or especially when you are an athlete making a lot of money and you want to extend your career, and you know that you're gonna incur some injuries based on you know what kind of sport you do, especially if you do a contact sport, especially during off season. That's when you want would want to uh use stem cell therapies in the um, you know loaded joints the joints that you use i mean if you're a baseball pitcher obviously it's gonna be your shoulder your elbow etc mm-hmm. so you probably do want to inject those joints to again to repair the micro trauma that are there maybe you're not injured yet but we know how injury happen how injury happens. It's an accumulation of micro trauma. So if we use stem cells to heal those traumas and strengthen and renew and repair You know, we're probably adding several years to our career just by doing that. hundred.
2: Yeah, so with stem cells, I remember my grade 12 English teacher in 2012 looked us all in the face and was like, listen, stem cells are the way of the future. This is why I'm going to stay so young. And Mr. Hohendorf, if you are listening to this podcast, stem cells, my friend, stem cells. We were a huge proponent of UFC and MMA altogether in this podcast. And somebody we follow religiously is... Uh, GSP, George St-Pierre, and mm. he is a huge proponent of the water fasting treatment. Now, I've done a little bit of research of this myself, but there, as we talked about earlier, the media has a bunch of influence and a ton of sway, and arguably the media is the fourth branch of the government. We're not getting into that, but point yeah. is, how can our researchers, number one, does it work? Is it good for you? And number two, what are some verified sources that our friends here at the podcast can research and trust and understand that they're reputable
0: you know, uh, about fasting you mean
2: well i just well first question was about water fasting specifically and the second question is a bit more of other websites that you recommend that are true science and not propaganda
0: well you know i mean websites i wouldn't know you you obviously when it comes to research you gotta you gotta just use your common sense and if you find something on PubMed. You know, who funded the research, right? Who's the beneficiary here? And uh, you know you got to ask those kind of questions, like who's involved? What is the research used for? And of course, when we talk about a pharmaceutical industry, it's always propaganda and there's never any research that is clean. (laughs) But when it comes to other stuff, you know, I mean, research is necessary. Research can be valid. We just got to be a little bit careful on what we go by because... To be honest, even if you go to, you know, something like PubMed, if you want to find, I just make this up here, 50 articles that say that low-level laser laser therapy or cold lasers work, then you will find those. Now, if you want to find 50 studies that show that cold laser doesn't work, you will find those too. So it's almost like a self-fulfilled prophecy, right? So whatever you're looking for, you you most likely are gonna find. So you just gotta be very aware, uh, you know, of research and and how many times it's skewed. And at the same time, you know, you need research to uh, to to measure something or to uh, to rely on. But you know, in my practice, many times I just measure things with objective measurements. Right? You set baselines. You implement a certain strategy or a certain product or a certain technology. And you know, x amount of time later, you uh, you test again, and that will tell you whether or not something is effective. At the same time, you know, and this is just another example when I uh, one of my best-selling books is about electromagnetic frequencies and radiations and how to basically shield ourselves from those and and repair our DNA. And people always ask me, well, does these gadgets on our phone do they work to block? these PMF devices and they always ask if it works. And there's research that shows it works and other research shows, well, it may not work. Well, I got an EMF meter in always with me. It measures the radiation. <laughs> and so, well, you know, if a gadget works or not, I can just measure it. I can measure my radiation in micro voltages or millivoltages on my body and see what the radiation is. And then I use the gadgets or put myself on a grounding device or a PMF device and measure it again. And if that my, if my meter goes to zero, guess what it works. And if it doesn't yet, we have another, you know, gadget that people waste money on that doesn't work at all. So, you know, experience measure, you know, and <laughs> that's what we unfortunately have to do these days, right? Is, uh, use our common sense, uh, experience it, try it and uh, do some before and after measurements
2: we have to be our own little scientists now you unfortunately yeah exactly you had mentioned well I mean briefly before we started the interview we had talked about you being on a TED talk do you want to walk us through how that happened
0: well I've always been a speaker I've always done a lot of seminars and I love to be on stage to mostly inspire people to take action or give them aha moments, give them different points of view on health, disease or performance. And I always enjoyed that. And I got kind of caught up in business, obviously, being a CEO of a stem cell clinic, et cetera. And then when the pandemic came, I kind of had to look back at myself and trying to figure out what my purpose is, what I'm passionate about. And so I started my speaking business again. I will be, for example, speaking as the opening keynote at the Biohackers Expo in Miami in February of 2024. And so by building that business up again, I decided to apply to do a TED Talk. And so in August, I did a TED Talk, in uh, a TEDx Talk in uh, Colorado. And uh, it took like about three months for them to uh, basically upload it to YouTube and post it. But uh, last week, it actually got got posted so people can find it um, on YouTube right now. We'll have to plug that for sure.
1: I got to ask, so you're, you're Belgian descent? Correct. Don't you hear the accent, Cody? <laughs> I do. I do. I do. <laughs> My father's from the Netherlands, so I... I
0: All right. I, we both speak Dutch then.
1: That's right. That's right. Now, do you follow the Belgian football team?
0: Uh yes, but only the major games, right? I mean they've the last decades they obviously and in America we call it a soccer team, right? But it's but it's a football team. Yeah, I mean they, they were the number one ranked team for many times, but they never came true in the big tournament. So it was a little bit disappointing, but finally they got rid of the coach and uh substituted many of the old uh guard and the old players with new ones and I think uh they're playing some games or finalizing some games for the World Cup qualification. So I think uh, I think they're going to do very well this time.
1: So you believe that the window hasn't closed on them yet?
0: No, just because I think I think they uh, they got a lot of talent, and they uh, they finally got rid, like I said, of the the players that have been playing for decades, and uh, it's time for the. For the new ones to come up, and it seems there's a lot of talent and if they're coached correctly, I think they can uh they can do some damage uh at the world cup
1: Now, have you worked with a number of athletes when it comes to the biohacking side of things
0: uh yes, and now I'm really promoting it I'm making online courses um I'm working on those types of things to kind of reach the masses. But I think in sports, that's that's truly missing, right? Because even the top athletes, uh, they, they obviously got great coaches, great strength trainers. A lot of them are really not even up to par to the nutrition or what to eat before or after a, a game or a workout. It's disappointing to see that many of them are doing it wrong. And then, you know, between workouts and those types of things, yes, they are not... They are not uh, biohacking, upgrading their body and their mind. Um, And there's so many things that any athlete could do to take that unfair advantage, is what I call it, because nobody else is doing it.
1: So, I mean, you live in the States, you Mm -hmm. can't, you can't avoid the NFL as, as an American. So I'm sure, you know, of Aaron Rodgers, torn Achilles at the beginning of the season. Yeah. At age 40. Considering what he's already accomplished, does it make sense for him to come back into the league?
0: Well, you know, of course, it's a good job, right? Makes all the money. Uh, But at the same time, you got to be careful of injury. But again, what I would do is, again, I would reverse his biological age. I can't reverse his chronological age, but I could be very successful helping him reverse his biological age. So if he still can play at you know you know 40 <laughs> uh, yes or no we can reverse his biological age to 38 36 35 so he could play in my opinion a few more years but then then he has to actively incorporate these biohacking strategies we talked about stem cells right yeah. so the tissues that are really starting to get damaged and uh, not performing at the way they should but they certainly need stem cells but there's so much more to biohacking right there's breath work, there's hyperbaric oxygen, there's energy, there's frequencies. There's so many things that we can do to help reverse that biological age. And
1: what's the time frame on making a significant difference in someone?
0: Uh, it could be as quick as in three to six months where we can measure significant differences. Really? Yes. You've,
1: you've proven this?
0: Yes. Not scientifically, there's no article on PubMed. I would have, a, I would, I would have to have... A, a lot of money to do that but uh yes i mean and many of those things are just foundational things it's not that we have to invest a lot of money in technologies like uh, a whole body uh, photo moto uh, photo uh, biomodulation equipment or hydrogen inhalation systems i mean those would be all very very beneficial and an nfl player easily could afford those and put them in his own house to use daily, but there's foundations like, for example, breathwork. I just mentioned this because I had another podcast earlier and we talked about breathwork. You know, most people and even athletes don't even know how to breathe properly. It's the first thing we do when we're born and the last thing we do when we die. And yet we don't know how to do it because 99.9% of us breathe through the mouth. The mouth is there to, to eat and to talk, but not to breathe. To breathe, we have a nose. Uh, So a proper breath is five counts in through the nose and six counts out through the nose. Now, why is that? Well, the nose is much narrower, as you know, so it's going to force that oxygen much deeper into the lungs and to the tissues. Above our nose, in our uh, cavity of the brain, that's where the oxygen would or, or the air would pick up nitric oxide. When we breathe through the mouse, we don't get that. Nitric oxide gives us a vasodilation, which helps to drive that oxygen where it needs to be. And even more importantly, the last thing I would say about that, for example, is that uh, if we breathe five counts in and six counts out through the nose, guess what? We only breathe about five and a half times per minute. Right now, uh, through the mouth, we breathe anywhere between 16 and 20, 22 times per minute. So it would increase our efficiency by 300%. Now, yes, we need oxygen, but we also know that oxygen means oxidative stress. Oxygen means we are aging. So in order to reverse our age, we need to be, you know, going uh, around carefully with that oxygen. And so 300% increase in oxygenation. So breath work would be something that every athlete should learn quickly to get that advantage when it comes to oxygen, utilization of oxygen, gathering it further into the tissues, mitochondria, ATP production, I don't have to tell you. And we talk about hyperbaric oxygen treatment, like Michael Phelps is a swimmer, so obviously I know he slept in a hyperbaric oxygen ride, because it's like training on el- at altitude, mm-hmm. uh, so you get that pressure that will force that oxygen deeper into those tissues, right? So those are, that's just one example of many things that an athlete or anybody could do to optimize their performance.
1: Now, you've got eight books to your name. Which book goes into detail most about that sort of thing?
0: Well, the last one, it's called the IZOD, I-Z-O-D method. IZOD stands for In the Zone on Demand, Unleash Your Superpower, and that's available on uh, Amazon
1: right on, on
2: my yeah right on yeah so i'm very excited to kind of read about this you also keep talking about in the zone and i just keep thinking about the zone sports so i'm like get into zone yes. but anyways yeah. um how important is sleep for us and how much sleep do you get in a day
0: sleep is another major biohacking indeed, right because during sleep we repair replenish renew i always tell people The analogy of a supermarket, right? If overnight the people that work there don't restock, the shelves we won't have a supermarket already the next day and it's the same with our body during the night we need to repair replenish regenerate and renew and so if we don't get into that deep delta sleep that doesn't happen and we feel up tired and we feel like oh my god i wish i could sleep a little bit longer so we 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 didn't accomplish that task and so that accumulates day to day and, and that results in really, um, you know, a very impaired performance. So, yes, sleep is crucial. So, uh, we need to, it's not only how long you sleep, it's the quality of the sleep, right? We got to get into the Delta stage. So, there's many things we can do. Just to name a few, we should not consume any food at least three to five hours before you go to bed because... If we go to bed and our digestive system is still trying uh, or still working to digest our foods, obviously we can't get into that deep sleep because the body still working. Uh, that's number one. Number two, one to two hours before we go to bed, we should start uh, stimulating our brain. So get the TV off. You know, stop working, stop answering calls, stop doing a podcast, whatever it is that you do, and just just <laughs> wind down, right? Because you need to wind down if you want to get into a deep delta sleep. And then I have many power routines. So one of my power routines is a, an evening power routine. And a part of that power routine, I do a one to two minute visualization. And here's why I do that. Because I'm one of those people, and many of them can relate to this, is when I go to sleep, there's so much stuff going on in my head. Oh, tomorrow I got to do this. I got to run there. I got to go to this meeting. And what am I going to say to this guy? How am I going to close this deal? And so it's going 100 miles per hour, right? And so the reason I make visualization part of my power routine just before I go to sleep is because during that one to two minutes, I'm going to run visualize the next 24 hours step by step. And at each step, I'm going to make the right decision. And when I'm done with that, and it only takes tops two minutes, you know, I can go to sleep because my mind doesn't have to worry about tomorrow anymore. I already ran through the day. I already made all the good decisions and I'm fine to go to sleep. So everybody needs to figure out what works for them, a routine that they can count on to get into that deep delta sleep.
2: Wow, that was way more intense than I thought it was going to be I thought you were going to be like no it was it sleeps good go sleep (laughs) but you you broke down to like two hours before you talked about planning your day kind of relieving a little bit of the anxiety for the future and oh well
0: yeah think about the sports right the difference between Kobe Bryant Michael Jordan and the rest of the NBA right so because they they have power routines that work for them they were figuring out a routine that they can count on each and every time to get in the zone on demand it's on demand it's not just by chance all the other players when you watch their games you know their supporters they would say like oh he had a bad game Oh, he had an off day well their their talent didn't diminish overnight their strength didn't diminish overnight their physical capabilities didn't diminish overnight they're damn NBA players. So what was the difference? Well, those few inches between your ears, something distracted them. You know, argument with the family, with the wife, something with the kids, something financial, something in the press, who knows? But they were slightly distracted, therefore anticipating a fraction of a second too late, not having the end in mind, not being present in the moment. And that's the difference between winning and losing. Now, we all know Kobe and Jordan Jordan lost a lot of games, but they never had a bad game. (laughs) They themselves, I can't remember any bad game, right? And I think the key is being present in the moment. Being able to shut everything out, no matter what happens, and you have to have a routine for that that works for you. And so when I say they have the end in mind, what it means is like if Colby misses a layup or if any other player misses a layup, it usually affects the next few plays. If a golfer misses an easy putt, it usually affects the next few holes. Mm -hmm. If a wide receiver, if the ball slips through his hands, it usually affects them a few more games. But if you're in the zone, that one play does not affect you because you only have the end in mind. So when Kobe would miss a layup, he probably blocks the shot on the other end in the same play Mm yeah and that's the difference between winning and losing the difference between a millionaire billionaire the difference between reaching your goals and dreams and just falling short it's the mindset it's the power routine you have to develop
2: and you heard it here first at pro sports podcasters Mike (laughs) it was amazing having you on the show we're gonna have to get you back this was absolutely phenomenal and very insightful too where can our fans follow you on social media
0: Yeah, I'm not a big social media guy, but uh, the best place to get everything is my website, biohackingunlimited.com. All my books are there. Mentorship programs are there. My speaking page is there. You can sign up for the free newsletter. You can schedule a free 20-minute call with me if you think I can help you. And so everything is at my website, biohackingunlimited.com.
2: Oh, brother, thank you so much. And you know what? You've definitely open my eyes to different types of uh different types of healthy routines i'm going to go research stem cells after this
1: i'm just soaking this all up there was so much information in a short period of time i loved it mike thanks buddy
0: oh you're welcome love to be on again if you want to talk about any of these topics for sure
1: thanks for tuning into the podcast for even more of your favorite sports content, be sure to visit the website www.prosportspodcasters.com.
0: On our website, you will find our sports blog, full podcast library, access to our YouTube channel, and deals from our affiliate partners.
1: You can also sign up to become a PSP insider and get exclusive access to our insider tips, sponsor giveaways, and insider newsletter. So don't miss out on the full Pro Sports Podcasts experience. Where no sport
2: is left behind.